Welcome to I'd Rather Stay In with your hosts, Megan Myers and Steffi Predmore. This week, we're chatting about tattoos. Stay tuned. Hello. Hi. How's it going? Pretty good. I did a very responsible thing today, and my entire family went to the dentist. That is a trek. All of you, like, at the same time? Yep. How did it go? It was good, actually. Uh, we all got good good remarks, and uh, it's actually, it was really efficient, because they were able to do three of us at the same time. Oh, that's nice. Did and you, then... Did you go to the place that I go to? I did. Nice. They're really nice yeah. there. Yeah, they were really nice. Uh, Bob, so... Back in Texas, we Bob and I went to different dentists because I was very concerned about, at the time, you know, going to a place that was, like, calm and relaxing and mm-hmm. they didn't pressure you because I had a lot of teeth problems when I started to take care of myself again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he just picked the dentist that was closest to our house. <laughs> As you do. Yeah, but his place that he would do – his that he, his place that he went to used, like, lasers and stuff. What? I don't know. They did, like, all this weird stuff. And then mine was always like, you have to come in every three months. We just want to take extra care of your teeth. Mm. So, <laughs> but they were really nice. I really, I did really like my dentist. Um, and so this, these people, they were just like, everything looks great. See you in six months. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm like a normal person now. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I don't like about that dentist, that one in particular, is that they use the uh, sprayer and the the sucker thing for, like, rinsing out your mouth mm-hmm. instead of having... I really prefer the places that have, like, the little sink and actually let you, like, get a drink of water and swish around and, like, spit. Oh. I hate I the little sucker thing. But yeah, that's just me. I don't think that I've ever been to a place that had a sink. Oh, I love it. Because I, I hate, because invariably they like shove the sucker thing in your mouth and then they're like spit and it's like sucking your tongue like up the machine and you're like, <laughs> you've sucked every bit of spit out of my mouth. I have nothing to spit. What is happening? But Although these, although the hygienists at that office are actually, they're pretty good with it. But I've definitely been to dentists before where I'm like, oh my God, get the fucking thing out of my mouth. I actually have a very <laughs> distinct memory of going to a dentist when I was like mm, 10 or 11 or something. And they did, and I literally, they were like spit and they were like, weren't giving me the chance to actually spit before they put the little sucker thing in. And I like took the lady's <laughs> hand and I pulled it out of my like away from my mouth and I was like if you want me to spit let me spit my mom was like oh my god (laughs) my old dentist actually they used the tool that had like the scraper tool that has spits out water at you oh uh uh-huh so you always had the little sucker thing in your mouth oh god that's too much so like she, they would like hook it into your mouth yes. while they were like scraping and it's with the much. water and stuff. So it's too much. I can't handle That's it. Experience. It, is experience. <laughs> it is an experience. So Megan, I learned something borderline devastating today. Do you tell? I'm still processing it. 
So I learned, I, I actually can't remember if I learned this like late last night or sometime this morning, but sometime in the last 24 hours, I learned that apparently, according to the infants that rule TikTok, apparently you are old if you wear your hair in a side part. I can't believe you found out about this possibly 24 hours ago, and I am just now learning about this. Well, I didn't want to give you the satisfaction of not being an old because you wear your hair in a middle part. I don't know. I don't know why. I, te- <laughs> I don't know why I texted the people that I did about it this morning. I You texted only the people that have side parts. I guess. I don't know. I texted Taylor and Kat and Ade, and I was like, guys, what is happening? <laughs> Like, what is happening? Because apparently you are also old if you wear skinny jeans and if you use the laugh cry emoji. And those are like side parts, skinny jeans, laugh cry emoji. Apparently the three things that the Gen Zers say show that you are an old. Okay, but what other jeans can I buy? Because I would love to not have skinny jeans anymore. I don't. Apparently, the really ugly ones that the Zoomers are all wearing, of like the really baggy ones that stop like high waters above your ankle. No, those are stupid. Well, that's what they wear. Girl, I don't know. Pass. Hard pass. Like, I'm not doing that. I had a pair of super ultra wide leg jeans. And I got rid of them before I moved, and I really am sad about it now. I mean, apparently, you could have go- passed as a Zoomer in those, and then with your middle part. I don't know. I, it was, it's a very strange because, and some of the people are like, well, it's because we're we asso- we're associating middle parts with Democrats and side parts with Republicans. That doesn't make any sense. It makes no well, it makes no sense. And this article that I read about it was like. A quick Google search determines that that is not a logical connection. But also, the strange thing, because I saw it on, I can't remember where I saw it, but I saw it and then I was like, I have to Google this. And because I'm not on TikTok, so what, I'm not going to find it on TikTok. So I Googled it and all the articles I found about it were from like October. But I'm just now hearing that I am an old well, that's because we're not on TikTok. I guess, but I, I don't. But everybody, it's like other people in my like social media bubble are also learning this at the same time as me. I don't know, but I shared about it on my Instagram stories just before we started recording, and I'm getting so many. I'm not sure the last time I got this many messages about something. <laughs> like I immediately started getting all of these messages, and so then I had to go find one of the articles, and I just had to screenshot some portions of it and put it in my stories because I was like, okay, you guys are going crazy. Like, and I am <laughs> tired of sending the link to this article to all of you. Here you go. It was. It's truly. It's truly wild. Well, and this one gal on TikTok, I guess, was like, everyone looks better in a middle part (laughs) and Ade Ade was like that is a truly wild thing to say (laughs) it really is um I honestly I almost wonder if the reason why they're thinking that is because like I feel a middle part. I, I have a middle part. And frankly, it's because I'm too lazy to do my hair. But I did see that they were like, oh, a middle part makes you look polished and like you take care of your hair. I'm like, no, I do not 
of my hair. I have seen a lot of people with metal parts, not you, to be clear, but I've seen a lot of people with metal parts and their hair just looks like raggedy and gross. Yeah. I was just thinking, though, that maybe because it's like all the children on TikTok, they are doing the middle part because they want to appear older. Whereas they're thinking that anyone who does a side part wants to look younger. And so they automatically think that they're older. Like it's a reverse psychology kind of thing with hair. reverse psychology happening. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. But I'm just like, well, and one of the people, one of my followers messaged me. She's like, I'm 39 and had a middle part forever and then was told I was old fashioned. So then I switched to a side part and now I'm questioning everything. (laughs) Right. What is happening? So, apparently, if you have a side part, you can join us in the old club. We will not be on TikTok. You can find us on Instagram because that's where we reside. We're not so old that we're only on Facebook. (laughs) We're Instagram old, apparently. (laughs) Uh, You know, whatever. Well, speaking of something that maybe is not cool for the youngins these days, I don't know, actually. (laughs) What are the youngins doing? We'll never know because we're not on TikTok. Right. Uh, We thought we'd talk about tattoos this week. Yeah, I've got some thoughts and advice and feelings about this, um, which if you've ever seen a picture of my arms, you will understand because I have a number of tattoos. Megan has several as well. I do. Not as many as me, but I do. But we both do have multiple. So before we talk about actually like the nitty gritty of getting a tattoo, Megan did some research on the history of tattoos for us. I did not do a ton of research about this um, because I very quickly realized it was going to become a huge rabbit hole. And I had other things I had to do. Um, Man. (laughs) But one of the reasons why I wanted to take a look at this is because I remembered when I first got my first tattoo around that time period, like late 90s, uh, it was kind of like, oh, tattoos. Like, are you trying to be cool? Mm -hmm. Like, tattoos are only for, you know, this kind of person, blah, blah, blah. Um, but actually, hate to but actually, all y'all, but <laughs> tattoos have been part of human history basically since forever. Um, they have been able to trace tattoos all the way back to the Neolithic times. Uh, that famous Iceman mummy that they found mm-hmm. dates to about 5,200 years ago. And so cool. there were tattoos on that um the ancient egyptians depicted tattoos on tomb artwork as well as there are mummies with tattoos and they even have found tools that they believe to be have have been used for tattoos and mummies from other cultures all over the world from southeast asia to uh like old aztec empires and even like parts of Africa and parts of Northern Europe, basically everywhere, mm-hmm. have been found with tattoos on them. They're everywhere. 
Everywhere. And tattoos did become more popular in Western culture as a result, basically, of exploration Mm -hmm. and the printing press. Because even though tattoos were popular in certain cultures all over the world, in America, I guess it wasn't necessarily, or not America, but in Western culture, Mm -hmm. it wasn't as big a part of the traditional culture. Mm-hmm. But then when James Cook traveled to the South Pacific, where there's a very strong tattoo culture, mm-hmm. he wrote about it and there was, you know, print culture, stories and images of tattoos were more easily shared. And so colonialism, haha, we'd always steal things from other cultures. We do love that. <laughs> so they kind of became a mark of aristocracy, in, uh, especially in England. But they were very, very painful and expensive until 1891 when the first electric tattoo machine was invented in New York. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And then after that, basically, it was an explosion of tattoo artists exploring the medium. And especially in the 1960s, the style and popularity just like went crazy, Mm -hmm. especially when you think about like that time period and timing it into feminism and civil rights and everything else that was going on in the United States. You can see like why it got so huge. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for that little, thanks for that little mini history lesson. It was a very brief overview and I found so many books that I would like to read once the library opens. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I'm going to put this on my to read list. Right? Perfect. I love that. I, lo- I love that. Yeah, I think it's it is interesting um, the sort of stereotypes that have come with having tattoos over just even our lifetimes and how mm-hmm. that has changed. Um, you know, because I do think you know, especially when you were getting your first, um, which which was your first, Megan? Actually. Uh, so this is embarrassing. <laughs> I love an embarrassing tattoo story. Uh, because I was 18 when I got my first tattoo. Uh, it was like, I don't know, like a two, no, a week after my 18th birthday because oh, you had to be 18. Oh, 18 year old. You had to be 18 to get a tattoo. And right. I had wanted one for like two years. And so I was just waiting for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went with my friend and I was going to get this cute little dragon and for whatever reason we got to the tattoo shop and me having never been inside of a tattoo shop got stars in my eyes or whatever I don't know and I have a stupid Japanese kanji on my hip I mean I feel like that is the quintessential 90s 1998 tattoo 90s tattoo it's either 18 year old it's either that or like a tribal armband. Yeah, which right? thank God you didn't do that. <laughs> um, it is it is uh, not like the Japanese word for taco or anything stupid like that. It's <laughs> it's fine. It's been checked out, but I am gonna get it covered up. We have we have confirmed. <laughs> yes. I am gonna get it covered up because it is from when I was eighteen, and it is quite faded and I've had two kids and it is in that area so needs to it just needs some uh needs to to go away it needs to go away it needs to be covered (laughs) um the funny thing is is that 
after I got my tattoo, uh, then suddenly both of my parents were interested in getting tattoos. That is funny. <laughs> and they, they both have tattoos and they got their tattoos after I did. <laughs> they were like, our daughter's so cool. Oh, that's funny. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, my mom was 57 when she got her tattoo. She, yeah. She was, she was diagnosed with colon cancer. And, like, she was not the type that you literally ever would have thought would get a tattoo. And I had a few at that point. I think I had three at that point. And she, when she was diagnosed with colon cancer, she texted me and she was like when I beat this I'm getting a tattoo and I was like all right I'll be there with you (laughs) and so we went together um when she got her tattoo and she didn't she she didn't tell my dad because my dad he was very Mm anti-tattoo and so he did not know for years that I had one um until it was after I got my second one and was like out of the house um that he like finally found out or whatever and so she just like didn't know how he was gonna react but she just like did it and she went home and was like so I did a thing today (laughs) and he he looked at it and he was like you literally never cease to surprise me (laughs) he's like okay (laughs) I love that but it also was kind of funny because then at my wedding, my mom was, like, nervous that her dad was going to see it and, like, get really mad. <laughs> like, she's, like, at that point, she was 58. She was, like, nervous that her dad was going to get mad about her tattoo. <laughs> oh, Julie. Uh, I mean, I don't think he was pleased, but also, <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things where, like, what are you going to do? It's there. It's there. It's there. Like, literally. Well, and I think, like, also, like, but by the time, like, I'd had, I'd had my second one for a little while before my dad saw it the first time. And so I think he had this, like, oh, she's had this for a while. And, like, I didn't notice. So clearly it didn't turn me into some sort of, like, Satan-worshipping criminal or something. I don't know. Like... <laughs> You didn't get a Harley, and you don't start roughing people up outside the biker right. bar. Right, like, weirdly, I'm exactly the same person I was before right. I had that tattoo. It was just, my skin looks a little different. That's literally it. <laughs> <laughs> but I know multiple people who um, have, like, either waited or been nervous to get their first one because they don't know, like, how their parents are going to react or they know that their parents, like, don't like them and aren't going to approve or whatever. And at some point, if you really want one, you sort of just have to say, like, this is my body and I get to choose what I do with it. Also, you're an adult. Also, you're an adult. Right. And I mean, I suppose, like, if you are living in your parents' home and... Like, you don't have your own job and your own money, then that might be a little bit different, right? Like, well, yes, I guess. If you if you do not have your own money, you probably should not spend your parents' money. Exactly. On a tattoo that they tattoo. don't want you to have. Like, you should probably wait until you're out of the house and on your own and able to pay for it yourself 
like a like an adult but once (laughs) once you're at that point like you're an adult you can do what you want with your body and if somebody doesn't like it then that's their problem and it's not your problem I I mean it's funny because I've had people be like, well, what does your husband think of your tattoos? First of all, he loves them. Second of all, I wouldn't give a shit if he didn't. I don't think Bob cares about my tattoos one way or the other. Like, because I had, I had two when Alex and I started dating. And now I have lost count of how many I have. So, (laughs) (laughs) like, this is not what my, this is not what my skin and arms looked like when we started dating or even when we got married but like he does not care because i right because we so you and i last oh i guess it's not last fall anymore because that would be 2020 so what was that fall of 2019 we were oh god i guess it was yes um when we were on a work trip we got spontaneous (laughs) tattoos it might have gotten Spurred on. They might be pina colada tattoos. Yeah, they might have been spurred on by having a couple pina coladas in the hotel pool um, and then saying, hey, we should go get tattoos. And then we like did. (laughs) (laughs) But I remember like it was a work trip and I remember like coming back for the dinner or whatever. And our and like our boss like looked at me and he was like, but but your your husband like. He, he, you didn't tell him? And I was like, my husband knows who he married. Yeah. Also, he- also it was funny because we all had, we had like the patches on uh-huh. and everyone was like, what'd you do? And I'm like, we went and got tattoos. And they're like, really? I'm like, what do you think I have a patch on my arm for? Like, I'm, I'm just wandering it? around. Like, what? like, we all just stabbed ourselves on a seashell? Like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was very, I was like, guys, like, yeah, we really did. Like, What? bless their hearts but no i i feel no need to ask my husband like oh what do you think is this okay with you like i'm going to do it because it is my body mm-hmm. and he's gonna roll with it because he knows who he married that's right so you know there is that <laughs> <laughs> so steffi queen of the tattoos between the two of us how <laughs> How do you choose what tattoo to get? So I think that um, particularly for people that are getting their first, um, I think that I think the first one is the hardest one. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because people get really nervous and they sometimes they overthink it. Um, but which, you know what? And that's actually fine. Because it is going to be on your body forever. Um, Which, sidebar, like, I have definitely had people be like, well, what if you don't like this thing down the road? Well, you do always have the option, depending on what it is um, and how big it is and and such. Like, you could cover it up um, like Megan wants to do with her kanji. You could also look at it as it was something that was meaningful to me at the time and it sort of marks this period of my life and Mm -hmm. like almost like a time capsule do you know what I mean um and so there's there's different ways to look at it um but I'm not 
sitting around like super concerned that I'm going to wake up one day and hate one of my tattoos. Like even if it's something that I might not choose today, it's still, there's something meaningful to it or it's just something that I liked and it's sort of a marker of where I was at that point in my life, if that makes any sense. Um, But I definitely think, especially for your first, like, obviously make sure it's something that you actually like. Um, (laughs) I don't necessarily recommend walking in and choosing something off the flash sheets for your first. Um, I mean, you can, but um, I think that it is going to be more meaningful to you in the long run if it's something that you have kind of thought about. And that doesn't necessarily... That's not to say that it has to have super deep meaning to you. Um, You could get something just because you like it and you think it's pretty. But I do think, you know, for your first, it is good if it's something that you've kind of been thinking on for a while. um, And it's something that, you know, you've been looking at for a little while and like has sort of stuck with you over the period of, you know, at least a couple of months um, to, you know, sometimes people think on their first tattoos for years before they get them. But, you know, like not every single tattoo has to have some deeper meaning. A lot of people's do. And, and there are definitely, I have pieces that have really deep meaning and I have pieces that I got just because I thought that they were pretty. Um, and so whichever way you go, like, I do think that sitting on it for a little bit, um, before you go in and talk to an artist is a good idea and it's sort of like, okay, do I like this a couple of months down the road? Yep. I still do. Okay. I think I'm ready to go in and and talk to an artist and which is also, probably one of the biggest pieces of advice I give to people who are thinking about getting something done, um, you do not have to go in with a picture of exactly what you want, like already drawn out, already printed out. Um, Find an artist that you really like and whose style you really like. Um, Instagram is great for that Um, because you can pretty easily find Um, artists in your area or you know if you're going to go visit a friend artists that are you know where they live or whatever but really take a look through their portfolio find you know that you like their style and you like their work and then talk to them go in and say hey this is what I'm thinking here's examples of stuff that I've seen that I've liked here's where I think I'd like it to go on my body and then chat through that with them. They may have a suggestion for you of a better place for it to go or a better piece to fit that area of your body. They may be able to draw up something that, you know, tweaks it a little bit to fit that area better. Um, They may just be able to inject their own style to the design that you are kind of coming up with. But what you get at the end of the time is a totally custom piece and that makes it extra special. I think it's really important too that people remember that it's 
basically like an interview because yeah. you you are putting this thing on your body that will last your entire life. Mm-hmm. And so you want to have the person that you're comfortable with designing your art. Mm-hmm. And so just going in off the street, like if you're just getting – if you're comfortable getting like a flash tattoo or whatever, like we did on our work trip, right. that's one thing. But like, if you want to do something that's truly special to you, like you need to be able to click with that person and you want to click with what they're doing. Cause you don't want to go in and be like, I would like a dolphin jumping out of the water. And then they draw like some crazy metal version of uh-huh. that. And then you're like stuck with it for the rest of your life. Exactly. Like it's, it's kind of like a job interview. I mean, it's a job interview for them. Right. So they have to present what they're doing for you, and you don't have to work with them just because you talk to them. Exactly. And, you know, like a lot of shops will have tattooers that specialize in different styles. There are certainly, like, I know of some shops that where most of the people who work there tend to um, lean towards a certain style. Um, for example, there's a shop in pretty well-known shop in Peoria where they're pretty traditional, like Sailor Jerry styles across the board of sort of their specialty. There are shops where you're going to find a lot more um, like traditional Japanese tattoos, um, but a lot of shops will have s- somebody with a little bit of specialty in all, all of those areas. And so, like Megan said, like if you go and you talk to somebody who does more sailor jerry style tattoos and you go and you talk to someone who does you know traditional japanese style tattoos and you ask you can ask them to draw the same thing and those pieces are going to look completely different Mm -hmm. Um, so that's why i think it's so important to really look at their work ahead of time and it used to be that you had to like either find their website and their portfolio online or you had to go in and actually flip through their books um and now with Instagram, you can go and you can search for, you know, artists in your area, shops in your area, look under hashtags um, and really see like on their feed, you know, if they have an Instagram, most of them are going to have an Instagram presence and you can look on their feed and look through all sorts of stuff that they have done um, and see like, oh, I really overall like what this person has done in the past that's then you're probably going to like what they're going to do for you and if you have friends who have tattoos and you happen to live in the same area too that's a really good Mm -hmm. way to find new tattoo artists to you that's how i found the artist who did the one on my arm Mm -hmm. one of my friends had a tattoo and i really liked it and I was. I told her what I was looking for, and she was like, "Oh, well, this person did that. Did mine. She mm-hmm. really does that kind of style a lot." So, that's how I was able to find the right person for me. So, your network is actually a really huge resource if you are lucky enough to live in an area where your friends have also have tattoos. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And you know, the other piece about what you were talking about. Um, it being a little bit like a, a job interview and you really just sort of need to like jive with this person, depending on the piece you're getting, you could be sitting in that chair for hours mm-hmm. talking to this person. So you like, if you go in and you're talking to them and they kind of seem like a douche, 
Like, <laughs> do you really want a to pay that person hundreds of potentially hundreds of dollars and also like spend hours awkwardly in a chair having to make conversation with someone that you think is douchey like maybe there's somebody else out there for you. Like my tattoo artist is awesome. He does beautiful work and he is kind of a nerd and we can chat for hours about books and movies and, you know, stuff like that. And so he's, I always have a good time just chatting with him while I'm in the chair. That's always a bonus. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely like, obviously the, the artwork and the quality of the work is the most important thing. But like, if you're going to have to be there for hours and like, you know, if you are planning to get a sleeve, that's a lot of hours in that chair. You're going to be sitting there for multiple sessions, like at least getting along with a person or finding them interesting or easy to talk to or bearable as a human being is, you know, (laughs) also kind of a bonus. What advice would you give to people who, you know, they're they're planning their tattoo, but one of the things that I think people don't really think that much about is the care afterward? Yeah. yeah. So, first of all, I always like to go in well hydrated and fed. Oh, that is really smart yeah first of all i don't know if people realize this but you bleed a lot when you get a tattoo so one of my i think my favorite and i shouldn't i shouldn't say that it's a stupid question but it kind of sometimes feels like a stupid question i get is oh my god do they hurt (laughs) yes y'all it's a needle digging into your skin like super super fast over and over and over and over again like (laughs) yeah they hurt now certain areas of the body and certain tattoos hurt more or less than others um like line work very simple line work it hurts but it's not as painful as like shading and like coloring in a piece um those are very different like sensations and types of pain um areas of your body that are really bony are gonna hurt a lot more than um like your forearm or something like that would um i just had one done on my elbow (laughs) wasn't my favorite experience i would never do the one on my foot again that hurt like a bitch um when I had my when I had part of my half sleeve done, he like there's one area where he got like just not even in my armpit, just like sort of close to my armpit, and I thought I was gonna punch him in the face. It, was, <laughs> it hurt really bad. I did not like that at all. <laughs> I was like, I would not. That, I feel like that would also like the the top of your foot and like the armpit area. Like, how do you not move? Like, I feel like I would like twitch i i i don't know how i don't move truth to be told um i i think i don't know i think part of it because i do i do know basically what to expect in terms of the pain but also i don't know i have i have a like i must sit like a rock mindset when i'm doing these but 
Um, I guess that's that's true, yeah. But yeah, so you you do bleed a lot. So I always recommend being well hydrated and having eaten something um, because people have passed out before, um, either while getting them done or like after getting them done. Um, so just kind of know your body and, you know, take care of yourself. Um, also depending on the piece, um, and where it is, it's, it can be a really good idea to take some ibuprofen or, um, Motrin when you get home, um, to try to keep some of the swelling down. Um, I had, I had to take Motrin for a day or two after my last one, um, just because of the area that it was there, like around the elbow, like it can swell pretty bad. Um, it was also quite large too. Yeah, and so. it was a really large piece. So when I had just the line work done on it, that was fine. Um, but when I had the shading and the coloring done, then he was like, "Go home and take some Motrin and stuff like that," because um, you want to try to keep that swelling down. So when you get it done, um, they will, you know, clean you up. And they will wrap you up with plastic wrap. Like, literally, they will put plastic wrap over it. Um, And essentially, what that's trying to do is to keep the blood and the plasma from, like, crusting up. So, depending, and again, it sort of depends on the piece and where it is. Um, When I had the line work done on my most recent one... I took the ba- the bandage off after like two hours, but I left it on overnight when I had the color done just because there was more bleeding and more plasma. Um, and he didn't want that to like keep coming out and get crusty overnight basically. Um, so, but your artist will tell you how long to leave the bandage on for. Um, and then when you are able to take the bandage off, you're going to take that bandage off and you're going to wash your tattoo um, with, I like to use antibacterial soap, um, and just like super gently with your hand, like you're wanting, going to want to, you know, kind of get off all of the gunk and anything that feels, that plasma will feel kind of like slimy almost, um, and get that off. And like I pat, I always use like paper towels um you know clean paper towels to dry it and then the biggest thing is to keep it moisturized um and just like basic bitch lubriderm lotion um Mm -hmm. is honestly some of the best stuff that you can use and just keep it moisturized and then and don't submerge it in water for you know until it's healed and healing will take about a week Sometimes it'll be a few days, just depending on how big it is and how extensive it is. But healing's about a week. And on day three or four is when it's going to look absolutely terrible because you're going to look like you're molting. And you're going to be like, what did I do? Oh, my God. (laughs) But once, like, all of the kind of new skin comes in, you're good to go. It's this, the healing is actually not bad at all. Um, considering what you've just done to your body, it's kind of shocking how mm-hmm. easy the healing is. Um, and the main thing is, is keeping it clean and keeping it moisturized. Don't go swimming. Yeah. Don't go d- stay out of the sun, all that kind of stuff. Um, but just 
be nice to it. Yeah, I find that it can get a little bit itchy, but that just means that mm-hmm. if you do get itchy, that it's time to moisturize again. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If you've ever had um, a really bad sunburn, it feels a little bit like that the first yeah, day or does. two. Because it feels a little tight and a little hot and a little um, raw. And just like your skin, it just feels a little bit like that first couple days of a sunburn um but that goes Mm -hmm. away it feels it feels the worst on day one and it looks the worst on day three or four but then it looks great and then and then after that it looks great and if you want it to look great for the long haul keep that bitch out of the sun yes spf spf i'm serious guys Sun is like the worst enemy of a tattoo because it will fade it like crazy. So also, it's just a good idea in general to moisturize it mm-hmm. every day anyway. Yes, it'll it look keeps better. it looking really nice. Um, it won't fade as much. It'll just it'll just look great. Yeah, just like but yeah, taking care of your skin. Like how how am I, how is my skin gonna look the best? That's also gonna help your tattoo look really nice too. So. You know, we always preach about SPF, and here we are again <laughs> telling you to wear your <laughs> SPF. Because, I mean, you are making an investment. If you are going to a really good artist and, you know, getting a, a decent size piece done, you're spending a few hundred dollars. And mm-hmm. so, you, you know, you don't want to ruin that by going out and being a sun goddess and just not taking care of your skin yes do you have any advice for people who want have been thinking about your tattoos but um say like you know they want one like in their I don't know I was gonna say the belly area but that's not quite right um in parts of your body where you expect you know, stretch marks to happen mm-hmm. or your skin, your skin's going to stretch or you expect it to stretch back down. Mm-hmm. Like bodies change. Yeah. How do you deal with like the reality of like you're putting a picture on your body? What's it going to look like if you have a baby? Yeah. Things like that. Um, You know, I mean, so our skin is not going to look the same when we're 80 as it does when you're 20. <laughs> it's if not only. Look the same, you know, after you've had a baby or if, you know, you gain weight or lose weight or like anything like that. Like our bodies change. Um, and, you know, I think that that actually is like the one like big area where I don't have any pieces. Uh, not that it would matter being a super infertile. Um, but... Um, I saw a really cool article one time that was basically a clap back of the people that are like, well, what are you going to think of your tattoos when you're 80? Um, (laughs) and it was, and it was pictures of people in their seventies, eighties, nineties with lots, who had lots of tattoos and like showing what their tattoos looked like. And they looked fucking awesome. Like, yeah, I saw looked, that article too. It was it great. It looked really cool. I was like, I would be totally happy to look like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I think that 
again, it kind of, I, I just, I sort of think of that, like, time capsule mentality. Like, did you really love this piece when you got it? And maybe you do decide down the road, like, okay, I want to get it touched up or I'm going to get it covered up um, after I'm done having babies or whatever. Um, And that's totally fine and totally up to you. But also, I think if you are happy with it and you love it, even if it doesn't look the same way that it did on day one, if you love it, then then that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if it's if it reminds you of a different time in your life that you're and it brings back happy memories for you, rock that. Fuck anybody else who would say otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. So that's that's my two cents on it. I think that if it's something that you really love, then rock it, you know? Just go for it. Just go for it. And also, I think that tattoos in the workplace are definitely becoming more acceptable. Um, Even if you work in a more traditional office setting. Um, Now, do I think that maybe you should think carefully before you get one on your neck or your hands? Yes, I do think that you should probably consider your career and your your desired career path um, before you would do pieces in those places. But for the most part, um, I mean, my arms are, I'm not going to say they're like pretty covered, but I guess they are. Um, And, you know, for a person that, like, works in a boring marketing job. And, like, (laughs) I could could easily cover up all of my tattoos if I really, really had to. Do I? No, not really, because I don't really care what other people think. Um, And I think that if you walk into a room with a certain level of confidence, like, other people, and you show that you are competent at your job, other people really aren't going to care either. Um, But I do think that for certain careers having a neck tattoo or having tattoos on your hands could be a hindrance now if you're gonna work in a restaurant kitchen you do whatever you want ain't nobody giving a shit there (laughs) (laughs) also that's it's also along those lines it is kind of funny because people always ask me like how many tattoos does your husband have my husband has zero He's got one, and it's a map of a cow and the cuts of a cow. (laughs) Honest to God, that would not surprise me if he does end up doing that. (laughs) I mean, that's probably like one of the top ten chef tattoos. He probably wouldn't because, I mean, like. Two crossed chef knives. He probably wouldn't end up doing anything like that just because it is cliche. Um, But, and that's like the main reason that he doesn't. The only reason he doesn't have one is because. He's just been suffering over what it should be for so long. Like he wants, a, he wants a sleeve. He's just like really wants something like unique, and so he's that's his like little struggle. But yeah, people always assume that my husband must have tattoos. A because he's married to me. B because he works in a restaurant. And I'm like, nope, sure doesn't. My husband has no tattoos and he has no interest in tattoos, so. That I can see. <laughs> he 
did for a while think that I should get a lower back tattoo, but <laughs> no tattoos for himself. <laughs> I do, I do not have a lower back tattoo. Let's just be clear. You're literally the last person I could see getting a lower back tattoo. Right. <laughs> like, dude, I already have the Japanese kanji on my hip. Like, I think. <laughs> just really fits my aesthetic. Oh, funny. Oh, my goodness. Love it. Love it. So, Steffi, we love our tattoos. They bring us so much joy. They do. But what else is bringing you joy this week? So I only recently started following the Instagram account Sharon Says So. Do you follow mm-hmm. her? I do not follow her yet, but a whole bunch of my friends do. And so she pops into my stuff anyway <laughs> from other people sharing it. She's great. Her bio is America's Not Boring Government Teacher. Uh, official curator of facts and fun hashtag fact revolution um she's hilarious she always has like so many stories and she hosts she hosts these government for grown-ups classes and basically it's like a much more interesting version of high school civics class um, mm-hmm. and every day she'll kind of break down some of the top government headlines and like if there's a big story going on she'll kind of break down what it means and she'll put up a question box and she'll be like what questions do you have for me today and people ask her the stupidest shit and she (laughs) answers them so patiently and she also really loves whales so she will share it's like all of this like government stuff but in a really uh, fun, like fun and accessible way, and then all of a sudden there'll just be like a few slides where she's like, "Check out this beautiful, like humpback whale," and this like <laughs> video of this whale. <laughs> she's she's great, and she's from Minnesota, and uh, she I think she she tames her accent, but every now and again her Minnesota accent will like leak through. She's adorable. I think I, I love her and I God bless her patience with the dummies in her questions because <laughs> like she was talking about like the situation with um, Myanmar right now mm-hmm. and you know how we kind of have to decide are we going to get involved are we not going to get involved as the U.S. like what are we going to do and somebody was like well have have we ever gotten involved in stuff like this before? And she was like, Oh, honey child, the Korean war, the Vietnam war. Like she was just like, like she listed off literally like four things. And you're like, there's so many more she could have listed. I was like, Oh, Oh, sweetie. So (laughs) that's my, that's her account is bringing me joy. And I actually feel like she's making it, making me smarter because uh, while I do know <laughs> the basics of things like yes we have gotten involved in other countries affairs before there are some stuff that she breaks down and I'm like okay that actually made way more sense and was more interesting to read than whatever this associated press article was thank you yeah I think there's a lot of things where it's like you th- you think you might know the answer to it, but you're afraid to ask because you don't want to be stupid. Right. Or like by if you Google it, then you kind of fall down the rabbit hole of, you know, 
multiple different articles and trying to figure out where it originated and what's the background. And she kind of breaks that all down for you, which is not to say that you should not also do some reading on your own. But Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's nice to at least have a starting point for things, Um, especially if you are like me and have a tendency to come into the party late. Like, I feel like I'm very rarely, like, on top of the news as it is breaking. Like, you were watching this whole GameStop thing <laughs> way oh my before God, that's... I figured out it was a thing. And I, then I had to catch up. That's, you know, she breaks that kind of, you know, that's where she, somewhere in, like, her comes in handy. Because they're like, here's the TLDR version <laughs> of what's going on. So. so it's funny that you brought that up because that is my joy. <laughs> Not necessarily, like, the actual, like, I don't know. It, it was very fascinating to watch, but it's, like, we're both being very nerdy this week in our nerdy. joys. Because it it was more, my joy was, like, watching it all unfold and then also watching all of the people learn about how stocks work. Yes. And, like, all of the things that go into that and everybody like putting their little take on Twitter and Mm -hmm. writing articles about it. And I thought that was awesome and amazing. And all of a sudden everyone's like, Oh, stocks. Interesting. Um, so I just thought that was like super cool. And cause I, I mean, we shared in our Instagram reels that one of my favorite podcasts is marketplace. Yes. Um, because they, do stuff like that where they like break it down for you and you feel smarter. And I just really appreciated that suddenly everyone in the country was like, what are stocks and how do, what is a short sell? What What is this? How can you, how can you sell a stock that you don't actually own? And I'm like, exactly. Yeah. And like, I appreciated all the different analogies that I saw people using. Like there, the one that really clicked it in for me was like, an analogy of buying shampoo at Ulta. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, now I get it. <laughs> so. Right. Because it doesn't necessarily, like, first of all, if you have to use all of these analogies to explain it, maybe there's something wrong with the system. I mean, maybe. But it was a really good way to teach people about how it works. Yes. But it's also interesting because I'm going to go off on a little tangent for like a second. But <laughs> it's allowed. We. We kind of like base our whole country economy on this stupid system of the stock market. Right. But also you don't learn anything. No one teaches you no. about it. And it's like abstract. It's like all the classes in school that you have to learn about and you don't learn anything useful like the stock market or taxes. Right. Or like it, anything taxes like taxes that. are a little less abstract. But the stock market to me like in a lot of ways is kind of abstract because it, like you're selling something you don't own. Like that doesn't make any sense. And so mm-hmm. it's you're you're talking about these concepts that have no real there's not a real thing. There's there's not an item that is being traded. And right. so it, it's all in a little bit abstract. And so depending on how your brain works, sometimes that just it just doesn't click and you're like what is happening? So. Yeah, and I I think the the analogy with the shampoo especially was really interesting to me because traditionally women are not like big players in the stock market, right? Because of like all this ridiculous nonsense of how they how you're enabled to learn it and they mm-hmm. make it 
complicated on purpose, mm-hmm. as we have seen, because they don't want people to get involved. Right. Um, and so that was a really good way for women to suddenly, like, to not just say that, like, we need things broken down for us in terms of makeup, but, right. like, it's something that applies to our everyday. Right. And so that way you can understand it. And that's what I think a lot of things should really be broken down into. Yes, I will agree with that. Um, I will, I will, I will tell you something that you should be joyful for you. So you were talking about the reel that we put up on Instagram of our like podcast that we're listening to right now. Mm -hmm. You should be joyful that I did not include one of my trashy bachelor recap podcasts on there. I was shocked that you did not because I was looking at like I was reviewing what you had made and I was like, we all agree on these. This is very weird. Like I Stephanie did didn't throw in include... anything like super crazy. <laughs> I did not include my trashy bachelor recap podcasts, even though I love them because I know that, that real is a lie <laughs> <laughs> because I know I did say it was just nine of them. I didn't say it was all of them. <laughs> so I, I was like, Megan might come after me if I say, if I make it sound like she listens to a Bachelor podcast. No, I was highly disappointed in you not living your truth, Steffi. <laughs> it's fine. It's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, you're welcome. <laughs> I, if I had included it, I would have had to include, like, a Megan does not condone this disclaimer <laughs> on it. <laughs> so to be fair, I, I might actually really enjoy a Bachelor podcast, even though I've never watched The Bachelor, so. I mean, I do really love how they make fun of the people. It's great. So, I do enjoy that, because I'm a trash person, so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can confirm. Both trash people. <laughs> Well, next week, we are going to be talking about changing careers. Yeah, we know that not everyone stays in the career that they start after college forever. Most of us don't. So we're going to be talking about that. So until then, be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and listen to us on your favorite platform. You can also follow us on social media at IRSI Podcast or send us an email at I'd Rather Stay in Podcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from our listeners. Bye.